the Alaska Music Podcast. Might as well turn it up. Here's Photonic. Fight for me.
Off the album Tempered from Photonic, that was Fight For Me. Jeremy James Egger on vocals and guitar, Daniel Lay on guitar, Mark Glazunov on drums, and Elise on bass. And let me tell you, this album is worth getting just for the booklet. It's so well put together and cool. All right, coming up next, Conway Seavey and Colder.
It's time for you to go There's no more crying just let that one sink in. There. The Alaska Music Podcast is dedicated to giving you the oldest, the newest, the weirdest, the coolest music from Alaska. And in the next hour, we're going to show you why. Speaking of Alaskans, here's one of them I've never met, but maybe someday I will. Maybe you will too. Let's all meet her. Sophia Street, her new release, Heather Weather. Bro. 
with the song Nothing More to Say, here's John Cook. Now, he recorded this on his way out of Alaska. We'll be seeing you, John. So long, and thanks for all the music. I'm leaving your home What are you doing here? It ain't enough that you change your tone Or bring those forgive me tears There's nothing There's nothing more to say It's the same old thing On a different day Nothing standing in my way. I didn't leave no breadcrumbs, no forward and address. I don't wanna be found. There you are talking about some new success. Hoping I'll turn around. No, no, there's, there's nothing. nothing. There's nothing more to say It's the same old thing On a different day There's nothing Standing in my way trusted you I heard the words you said it's not gonna be about you this time I'll follow what's in my heart instead there's nothing there's nothing more to say it's the same old thing Standing in my way
Someone may leave Alaska, but then someone shows up to Alaska, and we're happy to have her here, violinist, singer, keyboardist, and composer Elena Lukina, professionally known as L. And with her Siberian sensibilities, she brings a little song to the snows of Alaska. From her album Coming Home, here's Summer Night's Dream. Just 
one of the cool things about the Alaska Music Podcast is everything is different from everything else because we're different from everywhere else. We like it that way. We're all in this together. So here's a song from Jonathan Cannamore, and I have you. I never thought I'd see the day where life would ever look this way. The world dropped in the most unexpected, and you came in and resurrected. What are the chances we found each other? We're two flakes lost in the stormy weather. I got hit and sunk down under You dove in search to recover Do you know how much you saved me? Do you know how much? You point out all the good things you see Inspired my heart, set my spirit free And you have
Speaking of cool things that happened in Alaska, every year we look forward to the Spinard Jazz Festival, hosted by Ingvil Vattengutu. Here's a cut featuring Alex Kruver on piano, Heidi Herbert Lovern on bass, and Eric Bleicher on drums. It's the Alex Kruver Trio, recorded live at the Organic Oasis, ADT Blues.
couple episodes back, I was talking about our friend, singer-songwriter Larry Zarella and his album, Stay Alive. Well, now I want to play you the title cut from that album. Larry crafted all of these songs in Talkeetna and brought it to Anchorage, where we produced this album, Stay Alive. Falling. There's an old smell to the air. Helen does the laundry while Billy makes the dough. And they go where they want to go. Likes to listen And Billy Likes to talk Together They could travel And never Have to stop They rock And they never stop Strength within, and Patty 
incredible drummer on that track is Greg Holloway, a first call session drummer. Like a lot of great musicians up here, came up in the Air Force band and stayed. We're going to hear more from him from his solo album in a future episode. And now you get to hear one of my bad segues. Are you ready? Doesn't matter because I'm doing it anyway. When you travel to Alaska, you need to find a way to travel across Alaska. And one of the best ways to leave your worries behind is on the railroad. So here's Ghost of Your Worries from Blackwater Railroad. Untouched food and an empty coat Stillness in your eyes I could waken up Never slept that much The things we say As we fall asleep The reservations that we Kept discreet Cause we never talked that much Ghost of your worries will put me in the ground I still hear your silence with the blinds all pulled down Missing you's the only way I know you're not around I'll be checking them bars downtown
ghost of your worries putting me in the ground I can still hear silence with the blinds all pulled down And missing you is the only way I know you're not around I'll be checking them bars downtown Of your worries are putting me in the ground. I can still hear silence with the blinds all pulled down. And missing you's the only way I know you're not around. I'll be checking them boys downtown. Untouched food. An empty cup Stillness in your eyes Like you're waking up It's time for our weekly feature, Random Retro Record Roulette, in which we spin the wheel and the wheel randomly selects something cool from the archives. Whatever it lands on, we're gonna play. Could be talking, could be music, could be a bunch of old ads. We don't know. It's Random Retro Record Roulette. How would we know? It's random. So let's give it a spin. Ah, the wheel has landed on Reuben Gaines. Now, those of you who don't know about Reuben Gaines, Reuben was a broadcaster who created unique Alaskan characters that he would speak through. Characters like Mrs. Maloney and the one and only Chilkoot Charlie. That's right, he invented the character Chilkoot Charlie. And you guessed correctly, that's where they got the name for that bar in Spinard. Reuben Gaines' Chilkoot Charlie was a little bit like a Paul Bunyan of the North. Once a week on the radio, Reuben would regale the masses with his imaginative stories on a program called Conversation Unlimited. Many of his stories ended up on record, so settle in and get ready for some old Alaskan storytelling. From what seems to be about 1962, here's the story from Reuben Gaines of Chilkoot and the Tundra Boar. Oh, let the welkin rattle till it's fit to bust your ear. It isn't every day that one is privileged to hear a saga like the one that's coming up how once a hog confounded Chilkoot Charlie. Just relax and pour a grog while this romantic tale unwinds itself like gory yarn. And put the kids in bed and send the ladies to the barn. 
The setting for the action is the lush and waving grass that flourished in the meadows near the Anaktuvik Pass. Instead of then consisting of the present alder brush, this region was renowned to be incomparably lush. The garden truck that sprang from yonder ground was fearful size. Potatoes, for example, when they watered at the eyes, would start a rash of creeks. One time they wept so long, they say, their overflow created what is now called Bristol Bay. The carrots of the region were so prodigally vast that in a pinch they'd serve a whaler as a mizzenmast. And onions, when the wind blew through, a clue will gladly give you, one smelled the halitosis down as far as South Bolivia. Of course, the animals whose habitat was centered there were big in ratio. Rabbits grew to be the size of bear. The Anaktuvik region in the days of olden yore was populated also by a giant tundra boar, a native hog whose stature it is hard to comprehend. From snout to tail, he stretched as far as, well, from end to end. The tusks could shear a California redwood at the base, the fearsomest of creatures and a mighty fearsome face. This hulking monster quadruped, this walking butcher cleaver, was something that a man dreams up while in a raging fever. The herd of inbred tundra boars, the tribe were all blood brothers, were numbered in the thousands. One was bigger than the others. He had a playful habit. When he ate his way through town, no citizens were ever left to hand the story down. The monster's appetite for humans was his worst defection. It started getting lonesome in the populated section. He loved to eat a pile of carrots higher than a steeple and then commence on meat, consisting totally of people. The boar, no doubt, considered this in terms of good, clean fun, but human folk commenced to think that something should be done. A hero should arise, and like St. George once slew the dragon, should amble forth and fix this pestilential critter's wagon. Oh, there were mighty men those days, the call for volunteers saw many manly noses being lifted from their beers. Each titan sought the honor, since it's evident to see that he who slew the tundra boar would live in history. In long gone days, the mode of life was elementary. They didn't choose by vote or method parliamentary. They wrestled for it. And of course, one needs no crystal ball to know that Chilkoot Charlie was the fearsomest of all. He set him down in order but a worldwide earthquake fault resulted ere the tournament had staggered to a halt. When Chilkoot's brain had cleared a bit, he wondered with a groan if all those wrestling heroes hadn't let themselves be thrown. As anyone who had his marbles knew, that thunderous wine could whittle down a man and slice his tissue paper fine. Within his bosom, Chilkoot felt a mild resentment kindle as he perceived himself to be the victim of a swindle. But ancient northern law demands one take such matters big. A man could be a lying thief, but he who doth renege is lower than an ice worm in the depths of a crevasse. Our hero swallowed hard and strode toward Anaktuvik Pass. Before he came within a hundred miles, he heard such sounds as can't be uttered by a pack of Baskervillian hounds. Such squealings, grunts, and snortings human ear had never heard, and Chilkoot felt the sudden instinct of a homing bird. His visage never showed a sign that he was sore afraid, although the caps of Chilkoot's knees had turned to marmalade. The hog was in the neighborhood. The titan's ears informed him. He took a slug of liquor, and it scarcely even warmed him. The vigil was a short one. A racket came to pass, as though the elephants of earth had run amuck en masse. 
The tundra hog came charging through the brush as though possessed. A beast that would have weighed ten tons, we figure, skinned and dressed. But hoof and hide were still intact. Its tusks were like immense, and Chilkoot added up his chances, maybe worth four cents. It was obvious the hog had smelled a whiff of human skin. As Chilkoot wondered how to notify his next kin, the giant swine espied him with a roar of porcine rancor, and Chilkoot wasted not a moment's time in weighing anchor. Although he had an inkling that it wasn't any use, he scrambled up the tallest tree the forest could produce. The hog then calmly honed his tusk upon a piece of quartz, and goosebumps rose on Chilkoot Charlie's hide the size of warts. The monster pig then swung this awesome weapon like an axe, took a couple tentative preliminary whacks, then though the tree was ironwood, a substance fairly hard, it gave a mighty swing and sheared the tree like it was lard. The old Chilkoot hurtled through the air, all same like gunny sack, and lit, as fate would have it, on the tundra porker's back. There then commenced a piggyback proceedings, be assured, that man or beast or combination never has endured. The picnic pitched and bucked like mad with Chilkoot hanging on, and knowing once unseated, he was definitely gone. But Chilkoot was a man to whom existence was a pleasure. He loved it with a passion neither man nor swine can measure. He'd ridden whales and mammoths on occasions in the past, but this ride had to be his best or it would be the last. So Chilkoot stayed on board through prayer and stern determination. The hog, meanwhile, beginning to perceive a mild vexation. Far back within his Poland China brain, the porker vowed that when he ate this man, he'd eat him slowly, belching loud. His leaps kept getting higher, while his jockey clung like sin, until they rose so far they got to where the air was thin. They left the Anaktuvik for the reaches of Point Barrow, where hordes of natives stood aghast and frightened to the marrow to view this raucous ruckus. They convened the legislature and passed a bill declaring the event a freak of nature. Though Chilkoot was a goner by bipartisan consensus, he stuck like grimmest glue. An old hog kicked down the fences, knocked the tops of mountains off while trying to dislodge this thing that fastened topside like the roof on a garage. The seasons came and went. The winter brought its ice and snow, and on the hog and rider, grim effects began to show. They hadn't had a thing to eat since when the ride commenced. The jumps were getting weaker, and the mortal rivals sensed that if they weren't parted soon, starvation was in order. The natives in the hamlets on the nearby Yukon border had even lost their interest in the once historic joust, whose tempo now was slower than the flower song from Faust. The hog decided then and there that something must be done. The creature was so withered that he scarcely weighed a ton. He suddenly stopped bucking, and with loud and gusty groan, he sank and lay relaxed as though his earthly work were done. Old Chilkoot wasted not a second's time. On wobbly legs, he headed for the woods as though pursued by thieves and yeggs. This episode presents no wondrous learning for the masses, except the northern map shows many valleys and crevasses and riverbeds and potholes that were never dug before old Chilkoot staged the rodeo atop the tundra bore. One time, just one, he looked around, and there, bent for election, the tundra hog was streaking in the opposite direction. Whenever you hear a sudden whistling wind, you are safe to bet it's Chilkoot, Charlie, and the hog. The two are running yet. 
We'll close the show out today with our friend Anna Lynch. This is one of my favorite songs off of one of my favorite albums. From the self-titled album, Anna Lynch, here's Anna performing the traditional song, Pretty Sarah, with Amanda Kerr on fiddle. Turtle dove had wings and could fly. 
That's the show. Thanks for stopping by. The Alaska Music Podcast is written and produced by me, Kurt Riemann, at Surreal Studios in slushy downtown Anchorage, Alaska. If you missed anything or want to hear it again, subscribe to the podcast. More information about everything we do, including our playlists, are available at nightworksmedia.com. Nightworksmedia.com. We're always happy to hear from you. So until next time, stay safe and stay warm with an Alaskan song in your heart.